the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot of information that we can Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome back to We Get Real AF. I'm Sue Robinson. And I'm Vanessa Alava. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and help us spread the word by leaving a quick rating and comment. We're super excited to be introducing today Esprit Devora. Esprit is a fellow podcast host. She is the girl who gets it done. She's a wonderful people connector who helps people in the technology industry, especially women, make meaningful connections with each other. And she is the host of award-winning podcasts, We Are LA Tech and The Women in Tech Show. And Vanessa, what I really loved about our conversation with Esprit is that she is so genuine. She connects people for the right reasons. She really tries to build beneficial relationships for them. And she gets really raw and honest and transparent about how difficult it is to build a tech empire and to be an entrepreneur. And she's doing an amazing job with it, but it's not an easy climb and she's really open about that. Absolutely. She's so present in her conversation and has an open mind, open heart, and is really trying to amplify the voices of women in this underrepresented space. So thrilled to talk to her and so happy that she invited us to be part of the Women in Tech podcast. That was a huge honor. Yes, absolutely. So we're so excited to introduce you guys to Esprit Devora. Welcome, Esprit. Welcome. Hello, hello. I love that. I haven't heard, I hear the term connector all the time, but I haven't heard the term people connector. So that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Well, that's one of the things that uh, really jumped out about you to us as we um, learned about you and your podcast is how great you are at connecting people and it seems to be a real passion of yours. So what the way I describe myself is I really um, enjoy creating mutually beneficial relationships. And it's just my way not to use the word connector. People have called me that before. But at the end of the day, like I connect people to one another because I want them to gain. I think the magic sauce behind um, creating these mutually beneficial connections um, from from a very spiritual place is that I define the value for one another. So in two seconds, they understand why this match is being made. Um, and I think that's a part that if I were to encourage someone else who also wants to create, you know, mutually beneficial relationships for other people, that they take that extra step to understand like how they're seeing it for both people involved and what the benefit is for them so that they don't have to figure it out on their own. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really loved um, was how you wanted to bring the LA tech community together through backyard cookouts and things like that. Because I guess in my mind, um, those building those relationships with people who have similar interests but may not have another way of, of connecting or getting together is, is really valuable. I love the way that yeah. you put relationships at the foundation. Totally. I mean, even in podcasting, I'm always thinking about how can my guests meet one another when I'm doing the interview, not just like, not just post interview. I, when I said that I was thinking post interview, but I, even during the interview, the reason why I like doing interviews in person is because I like being physically set up. So when one guest is there and another one leaves or another one arrives, they can meet 
each one another before the one before leaves. That's a very important part of the process to me. So I'm always thinking about how can I just enhance other people's lives more and more and more with the things that I do and the content I create. You have such a positive spirit that bringing people together is a positive thing. It's, it's, it's really just, like you said, it's, it's saying, hey, there's a value here and I'm introducing you guys because of this reason and go and do, do your thing. Right. And like you said, it, it's not self-serving in, in your sense to, for yourself. It's, yeah. it's for them to go and do amazing things to better the world. And that's, all, that's what it's all about. It seems as though from what people have told me that my thought leadership is elevated or my status is elevated and all these things in consequence, but that's not my why in doing it. And there is a lot of um, gray area on being compensated for it. So there's no gray area for me, but it seems like there's gray area for society. Like, why do you do this if you're not getting financially compensated? I'm like, because it's in my heart, like, and then that's not a good enough answer. And so that's something that I think about a lot. I'd, I'd say the thing that I'm best in the world at is that, you know, that question, I think it's Seth Godin asked that question. I believe I may be wrong, maybe another, you know, prominent author, but I think it was Seth Godin, like, what are you best in the world at? And that's definitely the thing that organically I'm best in the world at. And it's also the thing I don't necessarily get compensated for financially. However, that being said, I've thought about that a lot. Like, how can I do this thing and be compensated in a way that's in alignment for me? And that's what inspired me to create the We Are Tech Experience Club back in 2015. So the foundation of the, the Experience Club was created because I'm a backpacker and I'm also an on, a tech entrepreneur. And I'm like, why do I have to pick the computer or living? Like, why can't, why can't I have both in tandem? But in, adjacent to that was if I create this place where I'm simply facilitating experiences for people to meet one another, that is in alignment. There's, they're paying me to facilitate the experiences and that's a service I'm providing. And so that made sense. So I'm not pay, being paid to make the introduction necessarily. Like, you know, uh, I'm being paid to create the experience where the introduction happens. And that felt, um, that felt right. It felt like two plus two was equaling four and it felt in align with my values. Yeah. So you set up a place that people maybe didn't have the time or the resources to do on their own that would allow them to meet other people. That right, get yeah. some more interest. And I, I love that. I think that's great. If, if you know how to build a website, if you know how to collect resources, if you know how to plan these awesome adventures to where you're creating a community of people that want to join in and from that, they're meeting. I mean, I could see that feeling good for a personality like yours. I think it's just really, it's an important question to ask is what are you the best at in the world? And then can you be financially compensated for that thing? And if it's a situation where in my situation is being compensated, financially compensated for that thing wasn't in alignment with my values, how can I still be compensated for that thing, but in a way that's in alignment with my values? Mm -hmm. And that's something I continue to explore and think about. And, you know, uh, building a company is incredibly difficult. And so just because I built a club doesn't necessarily mean that the club will or won't succeed. You're talking about building a business. But I think the ethos of just continuously asking yourself, are you living a life that that is in alignment with um, who you are at the core? It's, it's vital. 
Well, Esprit, can you do us a favor and tell us a little bit more about who you are and the work that you are doing for those that may not know? My entire career has always been to facilitate meaningful relationships. I mean, I built the first um, action sports social network, um, connecting um, athletes in skateboarding, surfing, motocross, et cetera, around the world. Um, That was before WordPress existed. It was when it was like crazy to have a social network, right? I met Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. I met Tom with MySpace. Like it was, I didn't know that I was a part of the future, you know? And, um, and then I went, you know, building up my companies now, they're always about creating meaningful relationships for, for one another in some essence, right? I mean, essentially that was the core of what social networking was supposed to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'd say day to day is I, um, invest my time and my energy in creating high quality, um, content that creates social impact but it's this long journey to learn from. And so right now what I'm learning is I haven't spent enough time on processes. So processes need to be at the priority. I've learned, um, and I've known this for a long time, but I don't think I understood as clearly as I do now, is that I'm primarily an artist more than a business person. So the artist side of me has been like, everything will just work out harmoniously like butterflies, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like if I don't have a metrics tracking sheet weekly <laughs> to understand how, like the direction that I'm going in. So I'm reading an incredible book on how to gain clear traction for your company. And I direly need that book because though my brand increases increasingly grows year after year and um it seems as though from a public perception standpoint things are going really well financially sometimes like it costs more to run the business that I'm making and you simply as one of my favorite entrepreneurs Jason Fried said who built um a company formerly known as 37 37 signals now basecamp he said that like if you go into a cupcake shop and the cupcake baker gave you the cupcake for free that shop can never exist <laughs> He's like, what's up with the internet? (laughs) And so like, I want to build a self-sustaining company where people want to buy my cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) My expectations haven't met my reality thus far in my career. And it's something that uh, I am eager and elated to continue to learn and hopefully see the, the progress of implementing new ways of doing things, unlike how I've been doing things before. What I really love is um, how teachable you are. Mm-hmm. Like you still are learning, you're still open. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering what gave you and continues to give you the confidence to be an entrepreneur? Because I think a lot of women have struggle with like imposter syndrome or the oh, sense totally. that, you know, why I'm not good enough. On the one hand, I have like the good angel on my shoulder saying, you got this. And the other devil on the other shoulder saying, you can't do this. Who do you think you are? How do you deal with that? Totally. My mentor, Tucker Max said this. He said, we only let ourselves have what we believe we can, uh, what we believe we deserve. And I think that that just really hit for me. I'd say confidence is something that that I um, 
aspire to work on every day. But I do feel I was born an entrepreneur. I feel I was even thinking about this this morning. It's literally in my blood. Like I just sense it. No matter how hard it is, I just sense in my every last being, this is what I was destined to be. Whether it's not making sense, I've tried not to be an entrepreneur before. I felt completely misaligned. I think it's completely ludicrous that I am an entrepreneur. Like it just, it's just, just something I sense in my body. And I've sensed it since I can remember, literally when I was four years old, walking in a Westwood village with my father, I would talk about the businesses I would open in the empty shops. Like I've just always believed I was an entrepreneur before I even understood that word. And so confidence is something that, that, um, I, people perceive that I have. And sometimes I have it, um, when I'm on stage, once I start speaking, I definitely feel confident, but the moments leading up to um, speaking, I'm a nervous wreck and I feel sick and I, I'm like, how am I doing this again? Um, I, I, people tell me that Beyonce has a Sasha Fierce alter ego and I, I don't know much about Beyonce, but I feel like it's like that when I go on stage, like just something happens where I, I channel some other <laughs> alter ego in myself and I am just this amazing, confident, vibrant, powerful woman. And then I get off stage and then I'm me and neurotic and like questioning myself. <laughs> and I just think it's so important for, for our listeners to hear someone like you, who, like you said, you have built such an amazing brand and you're putting out such fantastic information into the world and empowering other people, making these amazing connections for people just so that they can go out and do better for the world and you doubt yourself and you yeah. feel like you could continue to, to do better and you want your business to do better and you feel like you could have done things a certain way. But there's beauty in that in mistakes because you you wouldn't be able to learn if you did it all correctly, right? I have been picturing myself in the future looking back and I'm like, man, what a cool story you get to share that you created your companies like so early on and you didn't really make it until like X amount of years later, but I made it and now I get to look back and share that story of triumph. If I just kind of table being right here and instead look at myself as my, like a story of empowerment and inspiration from the future looking back, it feels a lot more powerful Absolutely. And I think um, I, I think that the whole notion of overnight successes is pretty mythical. I mean, there may be a few out there, but they're not relatable. The people who succeed and fail and succeed and fail and keep getting up and dusting themselves off over and over and over yeah. again are the people that the rest of us can relate to. And I think it's Absolutely. so important for for people and especially young women to hear that. Like you're not supposed to have everything together and have all the answers at the beginning. Yeah. That is the beauty of your journey. And that's something I have three grown daughters are all in their 20s now. And that's something that I always want them to remember is like the mistakes are part of make what makes you who you are and what, what totally. makes you relatable and then somewhere down the road, somebody's going to hear that you fell over that stumbling block, just like they're doing in the moment, and you got back up. And that means they can too. And that's huge. That's the value in that can't be measured. It is huge. And I'll go back. You had mentioned something, Esri, about being a young girl walking with your father in a village and seeing these shops and what you would do, what businesses you would open. Yeah. And I feel like as a child, your mind is so open and you don't mm -hmm. mind making mistakes because, I mean, right. I mean what are your, your kids? What's like, a mistake? What's a mistake? Yeah. Like there are no consequences, right? It, 
it's an experiment, it's an exploration, it's an adventure. I think a lot about money because early in my career, what I thought success was, was being on the cover of Inc. Magazine and Fast Company. And I've been thinking about reframing my definition of success. And I think I started this journey and reframing it a, a little bit ago, but it's really like sinking home these days. And now I'd like to reframe my mind to my definition of success being something I learned about in um, The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte, which is feeling, being in this, our my desired feeling as often as possible. And so um, feeling joy, feeling adventure, feeling, uh, feeling curiosity, you know, like being in the, des my desired state as often as possible. And then that would mean success. And I was watching an interview between Eminem and Mike Tyson. And I know this is super random, but Eminem is someone I've looked up to like uh, my whole life because Eminem was this like, person that like overcame so much and just believed in himself and and also had this serendipitous opportunity where he handed his CD to the right person that led to, you know, his Dr. Dre and all this stuff and just the fight he had in him. And I've had so much fight in my life. And, um, and so I was watching this interview and they both shared how you think once you achieve all these riches, every that's happiness. Everything will be fine. But what you find on the other side is complete emptiness. And then you get really confused. And really the true success is being, I think he said, you have to be right with yourself right now. Where am I placing my identity? Am I placing my identity in what I've accomplished this week or what somebody said about me or how much money I made? Those things are ephemeral. They don't last. And, you know, for me, my identity is placed in my faith, but everybody has to find the thing that's the rock solid thing that right. they can place their identity in and then reset back to that. Exactly. Well, shifting the conversation just a little bit, um, can you talk to us about what it's like to be a female entrepreneur in a field that's still pretty male dominated, and especially when you first started. I don't align with being a female entrepreneur. I'm just an entrepreneur. And I think it's been a great advantage that I've been, that I've stuck out over the years when I'm at a conference and I've never felt uncomfortable. Um, I think that it all goes back to a belief in self that, um, I was never told that I couldn't be an entrepreneur. I was never told that I'd be held back because I'm of my gender. So I just created and went after it. Now, the reason why I created the Women in Tech podcast in 2015 was because I, you know, women, women's groups started to become a thing. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like a bunch of entrepreneurs who are also females. I'm going to check it out. And it constantly in these groups, it was how women are held back and statistics and this and that. I'm like, man, if this is all I heard when I first became an entrepreneur, I would have never done anything. I would have thought I had no shot. And so I wanted to create a positive piece of content, which sole purpose is to expand the belief in self. And that's why I continue to create it. That's why I um, interview all sorts of women in tech around the world. I've interviewed, you know, uh, women in tech in Bosnia to women who have sold their companies for millions of dollars in the States to like interns to aspiring uh, women studying technology when they're like, or girls, I should say, when they're 13, 14, going to their first hackathon. 
Like I think to see an example of someone taking action in their life and what's possible will inspire someone else who's questioning and doubting themselves on possibilities to see that example will make them be like, you know what, if she can do it, so can I. Hey everybody, Sam McLean here from InPhase Audio, audio producer and editor for the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, encouraging women and girls to step into emerging technologies and celebrating the accomplishments of those who do. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at McLean Sounds or check out my website, InPhase.biz. Thanks for listening. What is it in particular about tech that lights you up, that that jazzes you up? Because you're an entrepreneur. You could, you could be an entrepreneur in a lot of different spaces. It sounds like you're also an athlete. Um, what about tech speaks to you? Um, so I did fall into tech. My dad was an early adopter. So I grew up with tech. And so I have always been in tech. Um, I would play <laughs> when I was a little girl, I'd play in, in his home office on his computer. And I played on his computer so much that my <laughs> parents made up the um, office police. And they said, if little girls play, play on their daddy's computer too long, the office police are going to take daddy away. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's harsh. So, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I've just always been into computers and technology um, because of my father, for sure. And then, um, but I'd say now as an adult, I, the creativity, it's a form of expression. I'm also a writer. And to me, like uh, coding and technology is the same as a pen. You're just creating. It's the same as a paintbrush. I mean, even podcasting, I use the term that I'm painting audio. You know, everything to me is about creating and utilizing these mediums to create your art. And so I create the art of connection um, through everything, through technology, through podcasting, through my content, through my introduction emails. I, I suppose my art is connection. What unique skills have you seen and or heard women bring to the table in the context of technology? I think, I think diversity, including men, including of all ethnicities and genders um, is really important when it comes to building anything, because when you have um, an eclectic um, panel of, of minds and thoughts, you're able to represent more people globally and understand more people. Yeah, absolutely. Inclusivity is extremely important when it comes to all aspects, especially we've heard about this a, a few times with a couple of other of our guests, um, hardware development, especially. I use the example of um, AirPods. There was not a female in the room when those things were created because clearly, you know, if you're wearing hoops, those things are like touching your, your earrings, <laughs> et cetera. Exactly. So, it's one of those things that it's like, it what seems, a great example. It seems kind of silly when you think of it that way, but it's kind of funny. It's tongue in cheek because it's true. It's some of these things totally. that are created when there's only a certain, you know, uh, collective, you know, group <laughs> and there's no one else from any other type of diverse background, you're going to get something that's very bland as opposed to something that's very uh, robust and well thought out that's going to be serve a wider audience. Totally. But to pivot a little bit, because you are a technologist yeah. and you've spoken to uh, women all around the world about different kinds of technologies, I'd be really curious yeah. to know what you see on the horizon in emerging tech that you think is really cool or amazing that we're going to adopt down the road thinking about like emerging technologies, the first person that comes to mind, um, and I'm spacing on our company name right now, I think it's Gooder, 
G-O-D-D-R. Um, she built a company that you um, sources food from where they have an oversupply. So companies that oversupply food or um, restaurants that have an oversupply of food in order to rebox it and feed the homeless. Wow, and I so, and she's in multiple cities and wow, she's amazing. I think, I think technology can, can do and does do a lot of good. And it also can create a lot of harm. It's up to us as the human race to decide what it's going to do for us as a society, um, rather than allowing the tech to decide for us. Yeah, I agree. I know Vanessa and I both agree 100%. And that's a huge reason why we wanted to start this podcast. So people have a place to sit and actually think about what the tech is, what it does, how does it influence our day-to-day life and kind of where it's going? Because I, I feel like a yeah. lot of times we're so rushed, we just don't pay attention. Start questioning it more. Like people just go and do and download. And I mean, it's not, they don't take a second to just stop and think about what what the reaction is to their action. And so, yeah, I think that that's very, very important. And it's all about the human, right? The tech tech should be used for good. But obviously humans are the ones uh, informing what the tech does. And to be fair, like these websites are smart, Facebook, Instagram, they are building them as though we're drug addicts needing a fix. And that's a lot harder to overcome when literally the use of these websites is compared to you utilizing heroin. And so it's a it's a huge ask to have us self monitor ourselves so that we don't all become drug addicts, drug like the drug of technology, right? Um, it's tough. What you say about the social media becoming um, addicting that's really worrisome to anybody with kids because I know I have a very good friend who's um, a parenting expert and she looks at how children's brains develop and how they continue to develop their prefrontal cortex and their executive reasoning section of their brain well into their 20s. Whereas their limbic system, which is the emotions and the reaction and the response to things like flashing screens or the dopamine rush of having somebody like you on Instagram, that's done developing by the time you're a teenager. So that's like what's in charge. And I think there's a lot of questions like that, that we just, we have to look into and we have to figure out and we haven't done that yet. Like what is the effect of this type of technology and access on the developing human brain? Totally. I I mean, look, even this morning I used the app and I I do my best to use it every morning. Headspace, that's doing a lot of good for me, the meditation app. Like there's so much opportunity to utilize technology to live an abundant life if if we become more like what you said, become more mindful of how we're using it. We call this our lightning round. We do this with all of our guests. So whatever comes to your mind first, um, feel free to, you know, do your thing. All right. Finish the phrase. Women are vibrant. What are three pieces of advice you would give to your younger self? Your intuition is your oracle. Follow up. Focus on processes first. Oh, and one bonus one. My mom, favorite piece of advice from my mom, every no is one step closer to a yes. I love, love, love that one. (laughs) Absolutely. 
What's your current favorite application of technology for good right now? One of my favorites right now is Headspace to make sure that I got my meditation on. (laughs) (laughs) What issue is for you most hope technology will help to resolve in the future? If I could resolve anything with technology, I'd resolve racism. Hmm. I love that. And, you know, yeah. um, there, there's use cases for VR where, where you can actually get into VR and be in somebody else's shoes. VR is a great technology for creating empathy. So can it solve? Oh, that's interesting. Racism mm-hmm. people always be people, but but um, it can it can help. It can make a difference. So I love that. Yeah. What inspires you? My automatic answer was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> go with that. Um, go with that. We like that one. <laughs> what inspires me is watching watching people triumph through hardship. And um I just think that people who choose to overcome hardship on their path, they are brave and they are, are amazing teachers and um they it just really inspires me. What do you want to learn more about? I'd love to learn more about curiosity and really digging into how becoming a more curious person could lead me to a stronger sense of compassion. Describe the future in one word. Abundant. And last, fill in the blank, blank like a girl. Create like a girl. Create like a girl. Love that. Had we already asked you how we're to get in touch with you, how people can get in touch with you? So everybody could reach out um, at Esprit Devora on all social. Uh, at, and then my email is Esprit at espritdevora.com to check out my podcast, Women in Tech, that celebrates women in tech around the world, leaving listeners feeling if she can do it, so can I. Go to womenintech.fm. And for We Are LA Tech to find out more about the Los Angeles tech scene, go to wearelatech.fm. We really enjoyed talking with you. You're inspiring, you're sharp, and uh, just really appreciate your time this afternoon. Learned a lot. Yeah, I I thank you for this opportunity. This is so great. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.WeGetRealAF.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women. 